telling Jordan that I'm wearing like an actual adult shirt today because I, in a recent pod, I, well, it wasn't a pod actually, it was like a prep for our Alliance for Women in Beer show, which by the way, listeners, get your tickets, go to the MVWA website and buy the Making Moves tickets. Your editors will all be there. But anyway, um, and they were, I was on a prep call for that. And one of the people, I won't out them, but they were like, oh, so nice of you to get dressed for our meeting. I was like, (laughs) dang, don't you know that I work from home? (laughs) Yeah, come on. I might not even be wearing pants right now. You can't say anything about it. (laughs) You know who really gets dressed up for the pods now is Harry. Oh, yeah. Harry's buttoned down, shirt tucked in. Yep. Hair combs. Yeah. (laughs) This is how he starts every pod. Wetting (laughs) down his hair. Start. Call him Slick Rick. Yeah, he's he's showing up and. Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Jen. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I am a little bit busy. Uh oh. (laughs) But (laughs) let's break some news. Tell us who you've been talking to this morning. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Cool. Well, let me go ahead and give you an official welcome to our fine show here. Today, I would like to welcome to BeerNet Radio, Ty Gilmore, president of Tilray Brands U.S. Beer Division. Now, BBD readers know that cannabis giant Tilray has actually been pretty busy building out your U.S. beverage portfolio the last few years. And in fact, you all just announced a big deal uh, in early August, about half a million barrels worth of AB Craft that you guys have a deal to purchase. Now that it's almost two months later, we wanted to check in. So welcome, Ty. Hey, Jen. Good to, good to see you and great to chat. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to I'm going to get my meat hooks in you for a couple and then I'll I'll give everybody else a turn. But cool. uh, yeah, so it's been a couple of weeks. And by the way, when that news broke, I was about to get on a plane to Chicago and I was like, of all days, but our crack team did a great job. But it's just crazy how these things happen. Right. But so eight AB craft and beyond beer brands for, I think, about 85 mil. So what's happened between now and then in terms of, you know, how you guys have started digesting this whole thing? And I don't know if the deal's closed yet either. Yeah, so the the deal hasn't closed. It's still okay. pending. Uh, we're hoping to, to close by the end of the year. Um, so, you know, still a lot of, a lot of work to, to do. Um, you know, a, a lot's been happening since we announced in early August. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty exciting. You, you said it, right? We go from roughly 4 million cases to almost 12, 12 million cases. We go from the, the ninth largest craft supplier to the uh, fifth largest craft supplier. So, you know, really starting to think strategically um, how this is going to come together on numerous fronts has really been our goal. Um, you know, starting to engage with people, which is really, really exciting. So um, a lot has been moving since uh, since early August, which is, which is great news. Awesome. Cool. Well, so the $85 million question, right? If I'm going to really get specific, you know, how will you guys leverage as you're starting to do, right? These breweries and their footprints in a way that, you know, maybe AB couldn't in order to extract this value. What are, what are the first line plans there? Yeah, you know, AB's made some great investments in these brands, which is really, really exciting. I mean, you go you go to PDX or Tin Barrel or Breck or Blue Point, and you see the, the, the investments that they made into the facilities and into the people, um, it's really, really exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it changes the dynamic from us, right? From being, you know, kind of the, the, a top two craft supplier in the, the Southeast to top two craft supplier into the Northeast. Uh, we become the number one craft supplier in the PAC Northwest. 
you know, we become a, you know, a top five craft supplier in kind of parts of the, the central U.S. Um, we have more relevance down in uh, in Southern California and obviously gain a lot more presence up in the Northeast and in the Southeast. So, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's, it's, it's going to change the dynamics of uh, how how we operate. We're, we're going to be truly a national company. I think, Jen, you know, what, what I'm really excited about is I've been here close to 10 months and have been able to really assemble a, a, just a great team um, with how we're going to kind of organize this um, with the with the expectation that there were going to be opportunities down the road. And so when you get that really, really solid team established and you clearly understand the swim lanes that we're going to play in, you know, how marketing is going to work with sales, how production is going to work with supply, you know, how we're going to manage production or procurement and logistics. Um, I have a really, really good team. And so now it's about weaving these brands in, although maybe further geographically than what we had before, uh, but the shell and the foundation um, at the core of what we do at what we're doing stays true. Yeah. So, and with that influx of all those new people are, you know, is, is the culture the same or, or kind of, how does that change? I'm curious. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, like you said, we're, we're picking up four production facilities, eight brands, um, no different than, you know, when Sweetwater uh, purchased Montauk, you know, the, the culture at Montauk, it had its own culture, its own vibe, you know, kind of played up in the Northeast. Um, you know, my opportunity, opportunity for Irwin and I is how do we stay true to the story, the history, the heritage, uh, the culture that exists locally um, and continue to build off that, but also understand that we're part of a bigger company where we're part of Tilray Brands, a global organization and Tilray Beer, um, the fifth largest craft supplier in the in the U.S. And so, you know, I think, you know, culture is this, this uh, it's a fun word people like to use, right? I mean, I ask you what culture means to you. It might mean something different than Bianca says with culture. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that um, if you empower your folks, people feel empowered, uh, they feel inspired, uh, they feel part of a family um, they feel, you know, kind of energized to go make a difference in the community uh, with what they do. Um, that's really, really important to, to our current businesses and the businesses that we're going to pick up. But cult culture is uh, going to play a really key role. And and you said it, we're picking up, you know, a lot of a, a lot of great people um, with this transaction. I think some really, really talented folks. And when you get talented folks that you know want to win, um, that want to make a difference. Uh, that want to continue to make a big impact in the community. Um, these cultures are going to only get stronger, I think, in the local communities. Mm -hmm. And I think company-wide, uh, it's going to only make us better. Well said. Bianca? So logistically, how do you onboard all these brands into the sculpture, into the structure, excuse me, that Tillery's already built? Yeah. Um and, you know, how is that going to look different in the coming months? Yeah, well, I think the, I'll, I'll maybe answer the second part first. Um, it's not going to look a lot different um, in terms of kind of route to market, right? So so we have a commitment um, with ABI that we're going to stay with the current network, right? So that the, the Anheuser-Busch uh, distributors that distribute Tin Barrel or, or Blue Point, you know, Red Hook, Whitmer, we're gonna we're gonna stay uh, with those distributors, and we're gonna build great partnerships and form a really really strong foundation. You know, so so that that doesn't change. Um, you know, the other thing that doesn't change is 
you know, how we, you know, start to show up from a commercial perspective, right? Like, so, you know, we, we've we made a, a conscious decision to invest feed in the street in strategic markets, right? And, and how we hold our people accountable um, in the streets and how we want them to work with our distributors and our retailers. Like, if we're doing that in Atlanta, we can do that in Portland real easy because it's the same process. It's just new people within these brands. Um, how we start to weave, you know, Tin Barrel and their King cocktails, which are on fire, right? Or Blue Point Toasted Lager and Sweetwater 420. Um, that's a whole piece, Bianca, a whole piece of complexity that we're working on right now. Um, and and I, uh, I have thoughts on how we're going to weave that together, uh, but we don't have all the plans right now, right? We, we know that we have some brands um, that really, really um, index and are doing extremely well on a local and regional level. Uh, we also think, you know, both in our current portfolio and our existing portfolio that we, we have brands and SKUs that it can expand beyond just a, a local or regional level. And that becomes, that becomes the strategic link on, you know, where do we start to place bets? Um, how do we want to make those investments? And, and, and ultimately, you know, um, our goal is that, you know, with these brands is how, how do we start becoming that leader in craft and growing the category? And I think that becomes really, really important to us and our ability to take these brands and start to um, operate from a point of we are going to show that we can go and drive growth in craft beer. We can recruit new consumers into this category. We can get females into, into craft beer. We can get LDA to 35 into this category. Like innovation is gonna play a critical role on how we start to do that. Well, I, don't I, know you, I don't know you, if I answered your question or not, but. Well, I know you had called out California and the Pacific Northwest specifically when the deal was announced. And then I think the next day on a call, Erwin mentioned Texas and the Great Lakes. So I'm wondering if there's been any movement there on building up the brands or if those are the locations you're getting more feet in the street, like you said. Yeah, so so the, the PAC Northwest... Uh, we become the number one craft player. So when you combine uh, Red Hook, Whitmer, Tin Barrel, and Square Mile Cider, we're the number one craft. Um, you know, today, before the transaction closes, we're really predominantly um, Alpine, Green Flash, and a little bit of Sweetwater in Southern California. So you add in Tin Barrel, you add in the Sours, and you add in Shock Top. Uh, we now have a much, much bigger presence. I think we go to, you know, we're, we're a top 15 craft player in one of the most competitive craft uh, areas in the U.S. Um, Texas and Great Lakes are still what we would consider a white space opportunity for us, right? So I think some of these new brands um, exist there today. You know, you think about Breckenridge and the number of folks that uh, travel from Texas to to Breckenridge to go ski and enjoy you know summer and winter. It's no different than Blue Point and the number of consumers from New York that go down to Florida, where Breckenridge does a really really good you know a great job. So we 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 would say that Texas and Great Lakes are more of a white space for us, but we think we have um, brands now within our portfolio that uh, that we can expand. Um, you know, the other example I'll, I'll share is, 
We just launched a, a you know a new brand under Sweetwater, Sweetwater Gummies, a high ABV, nine point five percent fruit forward, flavor forward, fruit punch, tropical. Uh, tastes absolutely amazing. It's become my my favorite uh, beer of choice, um, and it's doing extremely extremely well. I mean, we can't be any more excited. You look at the competitor and how much growth that's driving in the category. Uh, to recruiting new consumers. We think that brand has an opportunity to go and help drive that high ABV category, especially in markets like the Great Lakes in Texas, uh, where some of the competitive sets uh, brands do extremely, extremely well. I, I wanted to follow up on a couple things there. Um, with Breckenridge, you know, when when we talked to Irwin after the deal, he kind of made it seem like the the confusion there between Breckenridge Distillery and Breckenridge Brewery was kind of a a nag. Uh, <laughs> um, how will um, what what's the plan with those two, and how will things change with ownership of both? Will they kind of become more of a singular company, or what can you well, share I, there? I think yeah, I think Ryan, the 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 the, the simple Jordan, the simple um, answer is that we 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 kind of own the name Breckenridge, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is cool, um, you know that that alone is pretty powerful. No different than Noman owning the name a uh, uh, Montauk, right? So I think that's really really powerful. Um, you know, we 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 have Breckenridge Distillery, which has you know the number one uh, blended bourbon um, was voted the number one blended bourbon uh, globally, which is really really exciting. And we have, you know, Breckenridge Brewery that produces some great beers. So I think um, there's definitely opportunities as you think about how we do collaborations. I know in the past that Breckenridge Brewery has done collaborations with Breckenridge Distillery. Um, now that we own both, that's at our fingertips, right? You think about um, how you start to engage consumers. You know, we have a tap room, Breckenridge Brewery um, in Breck. Uh, probably two miles from Breckenridge Distillery and also a tasting room. And so how we start to, to, to weave those together becomes really, really important. Um, we have some other innovative ideas that uh, a little too early to share, but, uh, um, you know, it's fun owning owning the, 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 the naming rights to Breckenridge. I think there is uh, a lot we can do there, and I think it has, um, you know, you can think about all the brands that uh, – have big naming rights on something like that. That's a destination and uh, how you create, you know, how you create an experience that's fun. Right. And I think that's also, uh, you know, I think that's what craft beer needs too, right? Like, like craft beer talks to craft consumers. And we, we have an opportunity now to have, you know, Breckenridge brewery and Breckenridge distillery. And you think about how, you know, in bourbon and gin and vodka, you know, they're talking about things like fashion and food and, and um, you know, cars and, and shoes. And like, we have an opportunity to bring that same passion and energy um, back with Breckenridge Brewery uh, as we try to, you know, kind of tie those two brands up together. You know, have you ever been to Breckenridge Distillery? No. Five five-star five restaurant. Like you got to go. Like tell <laughs> me when you're going to be there. Five-star five restaurant. Like if people go into Breckenridge Distillery and they, I mean, the 
obviously the the distillery is awesome. Uh, Brian and his team have done an amazing job. But like you go into the restaurant, it's absolutely five star. It's like amazing, right? And so how do we play off having a five star restaurant two miles away from us and having this really cool Breckenridge tap room um, that we can start to do some synergetic, you know, have some synergies and pull things together. You Definitely. Know? Yeah. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to ask, um, you mentioned the commitment to existing AB distributors. Is that for the territories they're in currently? Or if you wanted to take some of those regional brands and expand them, would that apply uh, into new markets? Yeah, so it, it definitely applies to the current territory. Right. Okay. So there, there's a commitment there. Um, you know, as we launch innovation, um, as we maybe think about brands expanding to other areas, as you know, in this industry, um, there's a lot that goes into this. Right. I, I, I don't know if some of those brands have already been righted to those distributors in those states or not. And that's something that we'll continue to look at. But we're going to be very, very smart and strategic. We're not just I'm going to wake up, you know, in, in early January and start trying to take the brands and and take them national. I think that uh, would be undisciplined. And uh, that's not the approach that we want to take. We want to have you know, a really, really strong strategy. We want to be very disciplined and really um, partner with retailers and distributors that uh, also think based on all the consumer research and the consumer insights that we're garnering now uh, that these brands have a right to win. You know, no, no different than, than than Montauk, right? I mean, Montauk's in a handful of states, and you you go and you 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 learn about the brand, and um, you know, it, it, it's there's no reason that's a, not a national brand really, really soon, you know. And so, um, your question is, is where where does that brand go uh, if we you take it out to to Texas or the Great Lakes or out west? Um, you know, that that becomes a really interesting discussion that uh, that we get to have. Yeah, I'd love to see it here in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Are you in Austin? I'm in San Antonio. Oh, San Antonio. Oh, my own stopping grounds from uh, <laughs> yeah. Blazers. Yeah. yeah. I, I I need to get in a couple of those HEBs there for you. So <laughs> that's Please absolutely do. right. Yeah. Right. I, I know and somebody over at HEB. I'll, maybe I'll shoot him a text and let him know that you want Montauk there. So. <laughs> and Ty, when you come into town, we were just talking. We have a place for you to stay and everything. It's the, the Beardnet Radio Studios. World <laughs> headquarters. Yeah. I love it. I love World it. HQ. Well, speaking of destinations, I thought, you know, what you guys were just talking about was really interesting. Obviously, Breckenridge is a destination and Montauk is a destination and sort of a its own marketing vehicle. And you know how brands like Corona built themselves based very destination heavy, right? And, and invoking that state of mind. So is that, will you guys pursue that in future acquisitions perhaps? Or is that just something that kind of came together for you? Um, yeah, I, I don't know if we'll pursue that in, in future acquisitions. I don't know if that will be a driving force for uh, why, why we make acquisitions or we don't. Um, I do think there's something there, though, uh, when we do that, which is really, really exciting. You know, and we're seeing it with Montauk and I've seen it now with with Breckenridge. And, you know, we can see it, you know, Atlanta is just a thriving market right now. And although Sweetwater's been around since 97, um, it's really become a staple uh, with all the, the shakes that have happened. So it's absolutely something that we want to explore. I think, you know, being being true to your core and your home base becomes really, really important. And how you expand that out um, also becomes really important. So, um, you know, I think, 
you know, I think it's important, Jen, that as we think about craft beer in the future, right? Like how, how are we going to continue to think about the current consumer, the new consumer, um, all the dynamics that are happening within beverage alcohol, um, just beverage in general, and how do we kind of set ourselves up to, to, to win more consumers, win more hearts and minds with our products in a really, really responsible way. And if that, if that comes through, right, creating this destination, um, great. Uh, but I think there's other ways we can do that as well. So interesting. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm also curious, speaking of winning hearts and minds and the things that are growing, right. Spirits continues to each share uh, of this bevelk pie, this beverage pie, and you mentioned the ten barrel cocktails, that sort of thing. I'm kind of surprised you guys haven't done more with spirits, or is is there more to come there? How do you guys think about that space? Yeah, we've been, we've been thinking about it quite a bit. You know, <laughs> it's um, it's uh, you know, it's near to dear to our heart, obviously with Breckenridge Distillery. <laughs> you know, we we just have to make sure it's authentic, it's thought through. And we have clear points of differentiation, right? I think the days, and you've heard Irwin say this, of just you know creating a brand and stacking it high and trying to watch it fly, um, th th those days might might be over, right? And so you have to be really, really thoughtful in what you do. And um, you know, there's some brands out there that have done a really, really good job. Um, they're authentic. Some don't have big brand names on it. So that's what we have to continue to, to think about on how we do. Um, I don't know if you've tried 10 barrel cocktails. Absolutely amazing. Um, I, no, I don't think we do. We I don't think we get them in Texas. I no, don't think. I, I'll, 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 I'll send you some. I mean, we okay. just watched Sweetwater can cocktails. Absolutely amazing. Um, doing extremely well at, at Mercedes Benz Dome, right? Getting a lot of trial and sampling. We sell it at our tap room. I mean, you you walk into our tap room and you can just see, I mean, like there's a consumer that comes in that loves craft beer and and there's this consumer, this this female consumer that that might not be all into craft beer and they're drinking arcane cocktails, which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Blue, so Point, Blue Point has the same thing. So we're we're excited about that. So you already have you already have kind of a built-in foray just by making an RTD spirit for any of your brands, right? I mean we 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 probably have a foray to to do spirits in general if we want to, mm -hmm. if you think about it, right? Yep. So <laughs> that's that's the fun part at our fingertips. Cool, cool. One quick more for me, and then I think, I don't know if Bianca has more for you, but I'm curious. I mean, so I think Irwin had said a couple months ago when this deal was first announced, and he had told me before in interviews um, that maybe cannabis, you know, it's not really here yet in the U.S. And obviously the beverage business is a huge one. So yeah, why not be in it? That's a good strategy, right? But I wonder if, you know, in the last few weeks when certain things have come out and it looks like the cannabis industry might be a little bit closer to fruition in the U.S., do you guys go, okay, how do we extend these brands, right? Like, are you maybe closer to cannabis than you were six months ago in um, the U.S.? Or how do you feel no, about that? No, no. I mean, we, 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 I think we made it very clear, right? Until, until cannabis is federally regulated in the U.S., um, you know, there's, there's, we have, we have a lot to do at hand right now, and so kind of taking our eye off that ball um, and doing anything with that, I think, again, would be um, undisciplined for us in the U.S. Um, you know, we've made we've made an acquisition in Canada, Canada, where cannabis is federally regulated, you know, and that allows us the opportunity um, to go as a as a cannabis, you know, the number one share player there. It gives us the opportunity to go and do things there. And so, 
Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't want to get too excited. Uh, we got to let it all play itself out. Sure. I, I think uh, we, we going from 4 million to, to 12 million cases. Um, it'd be easy to take your eye off the ball and, and we don't want to do that. So. Bianca, Jay, back to y'all. Um, I'm just curious how you think these brands are going to play with each other um, in market. And if you're, taking any uh anything out of ab's um toolbox in terms of marketing or if you're going to have a different approach um so maybe maybe the example i could give is how i think the the brands could could play together um so you think about sweetwater that's really kind of a you know pale ale crushable pale ale you know, unapologetically big, bold IPAs, right? Um, doesn't play in the in the wheat space, right? Um, does extremely well in Florida. In Florida, um, Shock Top, from everything I can see, is a wheat beer flavored that does extremely, extremely well, right? So how these brands potentially start to play together is you walk into a, a Publix or a Winn-Dixie or a Total Wine or a Wawa or Circle K, right, or a Walmart, and now you have this Tilray beer display that actually captures that consumer that wants a crushable, you know, Pale Ale or this big IPA or this wheat beer, right? And and that's and that's what consumers want. It's no different than going to like a car dealership today, right? Like five years ago, you go to a car dealership and you had to go to six different car car dealerships that were all on this what a mile of cars, right? You had to go into the Chevy and the Ford and the Kia and the Mercedes. And now they're all together. You can go into one dealership and you can really start to pick and choose. And I think that's how these brands, no different than Montauk and Bluepoint, um, you know, Tin Barrel, Red Hook, Whitmer up in the pack Northwest. I just think, I think there's some, there's some, there's some history and data that we can take on how they start to, to play together to give consumers that choice, that variety that we know that they, they're looking for when they go into an off-premise account. They're looking for when they go into an on-premise account, hence all the all the tap handles. So um one more for me. You know, I'm I'm curious because people, I think some people might um believe that uh some doors will close um with these brands leaving ab without the ab muscle um but i'm wondering if you know you think doors will open with their independence um back and you might get into some restaurants that said we don't want to carry these brands because they're macro brewer owned blah you know so on and so on um and if that's the case you know how how much will you emphasize the uh, the regaining of independence for these brands. Yeah, you know, I think. Um, um, hold on a second. Hold on, Roger. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, background noise going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm not in a coffee shop, so. Uh, That's okay. I know it's every, on brand for us. Don't worry I, about I, that. <laughs> I, I know everybody here. <laughs> they forgot I'm talking. Um, you know, I, I I would say this is. Um, through conversations that I've had um, with, with a lot of distributors that 
you know, are their Anheuser-Busch that, that sell um, our current brands so that they, they have this other portfolio. I think there's a, there's a overarching um, level of excitement, right? Um, I think you know, we, we want to keep things simple. We want to keep things clear. Uh, we want to listen to our distributors. We want to listen to our retailers. Um, and, and we want to innovate in a really fast way. And so sometimes it's good to have muscle. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of years at Diageo and I think they have a lot of muscle. Um, I also think that, um, you know, that there's smaller brands that can be more nimble, be more clear, can, can listen. And, um, you know, I, I think in the future state of where we're going, um, that becomes a point of differentiation for us. So I, I think... Yes. Could, could we lose out on opportunities? A absolutely. But I think for every opportunity we lose, um, yeah, I'm betting that we pick up two or three, if not more, because of just simplicity, partnerships, keeping it simple, listening and uh, innovating really, really fast. Like, And I think you guys have seen, you know, in, in the 10 months that I've been here, I mean, we, we've, we've probably come out with as many brands as some companies takes 10 years to do right and and a lot of them are being really really successful and that's and that's fun you know and when you have you know when you have five five hundred thousand barrels at your fingertip right and you play in a lot of markets across the u.s and you can talk to consumers like you're able to do that and that becomes so so exciting so um i view it as a i view it as a really an opportunity uh for us and um, again, I've been in Florida and Georgia and, you know, kind of out West and, and in the Midwest right now. And uh, there, there seems to be a lot more excitement about, uh, you know, about our opportunity and what we bring. Nothing against what AB's done. I think AB's done an amazing job, uh, but, but we're going to do it our way, uh, which is exciting. And I wonder what's uh, Sweetwater 420 Fest going to look like next year with more than twice the amount of brands as before, right? I remember at its pinnacle, it, I mean, it was like the UT campus. There were like 50,000 people there. Like, is it going to be 100,000 people next year? What, what are you guys planning? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we're working on something I can't share share yet. But, you know, but but who's to say that, that you know, um, that, you know, what if we have a national 420 fest? And so we're doing something in Atlanta, something in Denver, something in Portland, something in Bend, something in Seattle, something down at Petco Park. Maybe we're doing a couple things up in Patchogue, maybe something in Montauk. Um, like, like, you know, we're going to continue to think big. Uh, we do we do have a lot of cool brands. I think we have this platform called the 420 Fest, which is around consumers coming out, listening to great music and having fun and just celebrating. Um, and so, you know, why just one place for, for one or two days? Why not multiple places? That's pretty cool. I don't know how I'm going to get to all those places in one day, but I need to come to San Antonio. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not How big of a parking lot do you have? Like we, we, <laughs> we can get a GM van down in your parking lot. We can figure something out. Oh my gosh, for sure. That would be amazing. I'm going to hold the, you to that. Time. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Have you guys ever done a concert before? This would be like the inaugural, yeah, like, cool. like sponsored by Tilray brands. Like let's Love do it. it. 
Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, dang. I was going to say, look, my name says Harry Schumacher. I approve this, but I changed my name. It's Harry's icon, but this is the only time that's ever backfired. But anyway, well, cool. Well, thanks, Ty. Does anybody else have any more questions? I thought that was great. So thank you. No, that was perfect. Thank cool. you. Well, thanks. Thanks for the questions and uh, look forward to kind of keeping you guys posted as, uh, as we hopefully close uh, by the end of the year and uh, keep you uh, a lot of energy on how we bring all this together. So um, happy to kind of show and, and keep sharing on, on, on how we're doing this. So awesome for sure. And we'll be in touch about 420 Fest. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we'll talk to Harry. <laughs> I love that idea. Like that's a that's a big idea. Like we just created a big idea here. Like, Us too. Yeah. In real time, right? <laughs> ready. Let's go. Like I'm awesome. ready to make a decision. <laughs> we did it. It's done. We're doing it. Everybody, listen, wait for the details. Y'all be there. So Harry will do something, karaoke or something like that. Uh, let's let's stay away that. from that. You, you, can, you can just wait, you know? He likes to sing Creep. You're not going to believe it, but. Yeah. It's oh, actually yeah. a pretty good rendition. <laughs> Very on brand. No, just kidding. All right. Well, thanks, guys. Have a great one. Cheers. All right. See you. Take care. Bye-bye.